Thanks for joining us for today's message. We encourage you to email us and let us know what God is currently doing in your life. Or if you'd like to support the ministry financially, you can do so here on our website. For now, we hope you enjoy this message from our special guest minister. Thanks for tuning in today. Wow, praise God. What an awesome day, huh? Yeah. If I could dance, I'd do it right now. I love the videos. Thanks for sharing all those. Uh, I now know that Angie's as pretty as she's ever been. And Andy was cute once upon a time. You're good, man. Be seated. God bless you. What a great day in the kingdom of God. I'm so blessed to be here with you and stand with you. I love this church. I love you. I have a high respect for you, the work of God that you do, and a high respect for your pastors. Praise God. And uh, we're going to pay top dollar today. Anyone who wants to buy the video of Pastor Mike running off the platform. (laughs) That was awesome, man. Not, no, no, not the fall, the fired up preaching. Ed, you were on fire, brother. Praise God. I think about this quite often. On my way over, flying over, we, I got thinking about this church, how great it is. And uh, I always think about, I don't know why I do this. I always think about the pastor, wherever I'm going. The whole five-fold ministry, apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher are all very, very important and must be. But the pastor, you know, I used to say it this way. The, you know, uh, the apostle's on the go and he keeps his thumb on things. That prophet has the pointing finger. The evangelist has the finger that reaches out the furthest. Right? The teacher will get in there, teach you. But that pastor, he wears the marriage ring of the church. And all other fivefold ministry should be flowing in and out of the local church. And so it takes a strong, special anointing to, to, uh, to be a pastor. It's not probably quite as easy as the bangs make it look. And so thank God, when I think about your pastors coming in today, I think this word came to me, real. You have the real deal. I know you know it. You go to church here. But uh, I, I don't know. You're spoiled being here, but I see so much tinsel, pretend, worldliness, carnality, entertainment, the play church, that when you come somewhere that's just real and it's solid, you know, you can be real and be spiritual. God doesn't make flaky people and God doesn't make flaky preachers. So that's why you're such a real church. That's why you have the backbone that this church has. And as long as I've been coming here, I've never, I've never heard your pastor talk quitting Don't tell me he hasn't felt like quitting. Some of the hell that has been launched against this church and this church family. We have, if you look back over the years, we have soldiers here, disciples, Christians, who are in heaven. 
And many of them, they went to heaven way too early on our scale. They should have lived a lot longer. But this is combat. This is war. Like it or lump it. Satan has declared war on the entire earth. But praise God, we have the privilege to be a soldier of the kingdom, be well-trained and disciplined, and do the work of God right in the face of our enemy. That's us. And no matter what, you know, I think when I was a little kid, my grandma told me this little story about the three little pigs and the big bad wolf that was going to huff and puff. You ever hear that story? We're going real deep spiritual now, aren't we? (laughs) Pastor Mike's looking like, we flew you in here to tell the three little pigs story? Yeah, just enjoying my last time here. Praise God. <laughs> but, uh, and no matter what Satan has done to huff and puff and try to blow this house down, to his shame, he has ultimately failed every single time. Every single time. Yeah, every single time. And we just keep on marching. Amen. And uh, I, I know your pastors really, really well. And I know you do. But when they get hit hard, um, they seem to just get back up again, don't they? Yeah. One of my Vicky's favorite verses, uh, the prophet said, don't gloat over me, my enemies. For though I have fallen, I shall rise back up again. That's a character verse for this church. And that's why we just keep getting up again and we just keep going forward and we just keep going forward. And God, this God we serve, tell me he's not powerful. He just keeps coming along and he makes it happen and he fixes stuff and he heals stuff. Amen. And look what he's done in your life. Look what he's done in your life. Now, when I was praying uh, coming into this year, you know, 2020, as you know, was quite a year with the pandemic and the mandemic. You know, right? Yeah, and the scamdemic. So we had to face all of it. They still haven't straightened out some of it. I'm not sure they know how. But at any rate, we had to walk through that. And, and the churches like this one that had leadership like this and a membership with this level of courage, uh, I'm not surprised at all that you're standing strong, that God has blessed you, that he's blessed uh, this church financially, he's blessed it spiritually, and we're, we're as loud as we've ever been. And we're going to say that way. Yeah, praise God. That's right. That's right. So the Lord said to me about 2021 that it would be the year of the local church. The year of the local church. Now, my mind, not to argue with God, don't ever do that. Number one, you're always going to come out a loser. But my mind, when the Lord said that to me, my mind said, well, I'm a local church guy. Every year to me is like the year of the local church. The local church is the heartbeat of the kingdom. Even all the other preachers were made in the local church. And they were pastored disciplined, it grew up, taught, formed, shaped 
to be ministers of the gospel out of the local church. So I wasn't raised in church. I wish I would have been. Uh, I met the Lord in a war zone as a Marine leader in Vietnam, but I've served him ever since. And I've been in church. The minute I got home from the battlefield, I found a good church, Pentecostal, charismaniac church like this one. <laughs> and I've been among spirit-filled people since. I love you. I love who you are. I love what you do. We do this the best it can be done. That's the truth. No, we're not perfect. There are no perfect humans. Have you discovered that? If you haven't, look in the mirror and just say, you're not the perfect person you thought you were. The year of the local church, I thought, well, I've been, I don't, I'm not sure you can go to heaven if you don't go to church. Only because there's so many enemies out there to steal your faith, steer your life, rob your faith depress you, discourage you, knock you down. There's so much dirt and filth out there that if you don't attend church, where do you go for a spiritual bath? Where do you go to get rid of the contaminants? To detox? To That's what this church is like, a decontamination station. And you just keep coming in and you hear the word. And Someone said, oh, I, I've heard that same thing over and again. Well, thank God, haven't you ate a hamburger more than once? Doesn't the good one still taste good? Amen. In fact, you're all dismissed. Let's go eat. Praise God. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yeah. Yeah. So the year of the local church. And the Lord gave me this verse. And it's for us. It's for you. Because you're the local church. The Lord said, he reminded me that Jesus said, I will build my church. And... The gates of hell, that's the demons that hold to the gate, the entry to damnation. The gates of hell will not prevail against it. Now, many, many times when I've heard that verse read, taught, preached, it was all about church growth, which we love. Because the more people we reach, if, it, you know, if it's genuine reaching and not just people collection, but if they really do want our God and serve our God. Uh, the more we reach, the better. So may all our churches grow and double and triple and just be massive. Praise God for that. Hallelujah. But that's not what Jesus was saying. He, the word build means construction and it means foundation. And so when the Lord said, I'll build my church, he was talking about me and you, the individual. We're the church. We're the church. If you weren't the church individually, we wouldn't be a church corporately. Sooner or later, this can't just be your, your hospital and your cleansing center only. Sooner or later, we get fixed. We get taught. We grow up, right? And we turn into this and then other people come in and we can help them because we've already walked down this path and we become disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ. Right? I'll build my church, me. I'll build you, Mark Barkley, into what I want you to be, a disciple, a disciplined one, a holy person, a clean person, one who no longer lives by their own temper, their own tantrum, their own desire, driven by their own lust, being their own God. That's people. People call their own shots. Even a lot of Christians, you know, I notice they've still got this God complex, I think. I see them come. They just come and go when they feel like it. They're freelancers. 
They do what they want to do. They, they give when they want to. They don't when they don't want to. They obey the Bible when it's a good day. When it's not, I just got to do what I got to do. It's a God complex. And until you and I are no longer our own God, and we go by this, and we live by this, that's what this church represents. And I'm a witness. I am a witness with your pastor's personal lives. Now I'm a witness the years I've been involved in this church right here. Without this, you would have never made it. Your pastors made sure this stayed in front of you, that it stayed open, that it was preached from, taught from, read, memorized, sang, because this is what the Lord backs up. This is what brings us signs and wonders. Give the Lord a hand clap for your Bible, will you? Praise God. Yeah. Yeah. And it says, and the verse goes on to say, and the gates of hell will not prevail against us. Now, man, when I first read that, you know, as a baby Christian, I thought, wow, cool, I've become a Christian, no more problems. I should have known better as a warrior, as a combat leader, I should have known that prevail means there was a severe battle, but the enemy didn't win. Memorize this little Barclay proverb. The next time you're in any kind of a struggle in life, Say to yourself, struggle is nothing but proof that Satan hasn't won yet. Amen. And he's not going to either. Amen. So if you're in a struggle, warfare, hassle, a deal, you know, just remember you're in the battlefield and God's on your side. And if you weren't in a struggle, that means you hadn't won yet. It means Satan did. There's no more battle. There's no more hassle. One of you surrendered. And if you stick with God, Satan is an expert at surrendering. Satan has had to surrender more than any being on this planet. Even if it's on purpose or we just kick him in the head and pin him to the mat, cast him down, the Bible says, tread upon him, the Bible says, and we win. The gates of hell, the authorities of hell, the demonic forces, even use people. I know the history of this church, that, that Satan has used people to try to destroy it, try to stop it. When I think about, and I couldn't help but today watching the videos, but when I think about you, and I think about this family, I'm a ministry family. My kids, they were, they were born and raised in the church and under the pews. They could testify. The bang kids could testify of the hell that was waged against them. And to be a gospel family is one of the most difficult things on this planet. It's even more difficult if you're the preacher family. Because Satan, number one, is an expert at Cain and Abel. And that demon has never died. He wants your family split up. If he can split up and make a hassle out of the first family of your church, it'll bleed through the congregation. I've watched it forever. Very few families can do and have done what the bang and, and of course the people they've married, what they have done. And I'm not here to flatter. They know me. I'm not good at flattering. It's a gospel truth that at anywhere along the line, if any of them would have just surrendered to Satan, the attack, the friction, the whole deal, uh, is pressurized. A gospel family is never without pressure. 
A preacher's family is constantly the bullseye. Scatter the sheep if you can get the shepherd. Satan knows he can mess with the church, split the church, mess up the church. There has never been a church split in human history where people honored their pastor and followed them. Never. You can't name one. God promised that if we esteem them very highly in love, which you can tell you do here. Not exalt. I didn't say exalt. We only exalt Jesus Christ. And the bangs wouldn't allow that anyways. But to esteem very highly in love, that's what we do. And then Satan has no foothold. I know Satan really well. I was trained as a military man to know my enemy as well as my, my own team. To know his weapons as well as I know my own weapons. To be a spiritual leader in this kingdom, we have to know the work of our enemy, what his maneuvers are. Listen to me. This is for you too. Satan is looking for anything in your life and mine that's out of biblical order. Because if it's in biblical order, he can huff and puff, but he cannot blow your house down. But if your marriage is out of order, your kids are out of order, your money's out of order, biblical order. Your mouth is out of order, your attitude's out of order, you got sin in your life, you got unforgiveness you harbor, you're holding grudges. This is the playground of Satan. Believe me, believe me, he will strike. He will strike. And he'll hurt your life. One of the beauties of sitting under good leadership and in a good church is that you learn how to close those gaps, how to knit that shut, how to give no place to the devil. You got to understand that today you're sitting in a high caliber church. Most churches do not get this kind of worship. They don't get this level of word. And there's almost no room for the Holy Spirit. Prayer is something they do for 10 minutes and they usually read it or read it to each other or have responsive reading, not in this church. <clears throat> You're in a very high caliber church. The reason I say that is that it has made you an elite force. Now you and I, you could go to this church right here and go, go all the time. Just be steady, steady, faithful, faithful, attender. And get so used to what you have. I call it this. In fact, I wrote a book on it. <clears throat> the sin of familiarity. You and I can get even so used to God, his anointing, his word. Such a high privilege you have here. Seriously. You probably don't travel from church to church all of your life like I do. But... I'm going to tell you what, you are in a pretty awesome outfit right here. And yet you can sit here and before you know it, you just take it for granted. Even after a while, God's not your God. He's your bud. He's your pal. Satan has always wanted humans, especially God's kids, to dethrone Jesus Christ, to make him one of us, to make him equal to us. To make him just one of us. So then, what's the big deal? Brother Barclay, come on, Pastor Bang, it's just church. Chill out a little bit, will you? It's just church. I mean, come on, it's just God. It's just God, he's one of us. He's our buddy, he's our pal. No, he's not. 
And the apostle Peter said, he's still a God of a consuming fire. I declare over you something you already know, but I'm going to do it anyways. I declare over you that the, the number one member of this church will always be the number one member of this church, and that is Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Amen. You can clap. Number one. Amen. God attends this church. And that may seem frivolous or silly if you don't understand where I'm coming from, but if you think God attends every church and every church, even in your city, huh, many have blockaded him now at the front door. You know, there's a verse in Revelation. It says, the, the Lord Jesus says, the Lord is knocking at the door. And if you let him in, he'll come and suck with you. If any man will let him in. And I've used that many times. I think others have for evangelistic purposes, saying, hey, the Lord wants in your heart, let him, works great. But it's not the meaning of the verse. The verse is in the context of the last day's churches, the seven examples of last day's churches. And the Lord said to those seven churches, you're a last day's church. You qualify for this. You live in the last days and you're a church. The Lord is literally saying to the churches, I'm knocking on the door of the church, my church that I washed and bought with my blood. And if anybody will let me in to my own church, I will come and sup there. That means he's going to stay. If you think the anointing that you have on all these different ministries, it's anointed, this children's ministry, youth ministry, worship ministry, the prayer times, the, the, the Bible times, the local church setting, on goes the story. This anointing is not for free. No, it's paid for. Amen. It's paid for for free, but you don't get it just because you want it. A great price is always paid through consecration, sanctification, determination, submission to our God. That is what keeps the church together for four decades. Four decades. Forty years of saying yes to God and no to the devil. Yes to God, no to the devil. And in that 40 years, listen, from 1979 until about 1984, that short four or five years, more churches were birthed in the United States of America than at any other time era in the history of our country. Hundreds and hundreds of churches, just like the one I pastor in Michigan and the one that Mike Bang pastors here. And you know what? By 1984 and a half, only 20% of them still existed. Hundreds of them, right, Mike? Hundreds of them all over our country. I don't know, were they good idea churches? Were they God idea and man didn't do it and man split it and someone shut it down or the, they decided to fight and quarrel instead of get behind the preacher? One of the most valuable elements this church has, and this is for new folks coming in, you, we're not going to change for you. You got to fit into the army, right? You don't join the army and then turn it to, into civilians. You join the army, and then you become one. 
a soldier. And that's what happens here. And you're going to want it. It brings stability. This church is going to stabilize you, right? It's going to teach us to stick together. Follow the leader, praise God. What's so hard about that? It's not hard. It's not hard. So when the Lord said this would be a year of the local church, I began to see it in the spirit that Satan would try to shut down the churches. Satan would try to keep the churches closed. All across this country, there are many, many churches that have never opened yet from the COVID situation. They're still closed or they're still using just streaming or Zooming. And in most of those places, hear me, in most of those places, they could open without, without fear, without legal ramifications now. Hundreds and hundreds of them could open. Thousands of them actually could open up. But because they don't have a courageous leader, they don't have a faithful man and woman of God, they don't have a leadership team that is not afraid of anything, they, they have a team. See, they don't have that. So why don't they open up? Why is American churches mostly shut down? Well, I know it shut them down, but why are they still shut down when they just don't need to be? And so those who have risen up in the year of the local church, God said, I'm going to be there in their midst. I'm going to heal them. I'm going to, I'm going to deliver them. I'm going to bless their families. God said, those who will come to my house and present themselves to me, hear me, because I'm already, it's already June and I'm seeing this happening all over the world, actually. I'm actually a witness to it. God said, those who will come to my house and put my house first, there's a special anointing that will come upon them to live in 2021 and beyond. Now, amen. Now, we need this anointing because it's what lifts the burden of life. It's what destroys the yoke. We got to have it. None of us are without warfare. None of us are fully developed and perfected yet. May the Lord continue to work on us and may we continue to let him do it. God said, those who will come to my house and put my house first in 2021, I'm going to bless them. Hear me on this because I'm already watching it happen. I'm going to bless them financially more than what they've ever seen before in their life. Tell my people money is about to flow like never before into their hands. And if you put my house first and distribute the rightful amounts, the Lord said, get ready for the months to come to be some of the most powerful financial months that you have known. Now don't put, you get yourself off the exemption list. Don't exempt yourself. Yeah, well, great word. Yeah, yeah, praise the Lord. But I guess he don't know what I'm going through. Or I mean, all I am is this, this is what I do for a living. How would I make more money? Stop exempting yourself. God has supernatural, angelic ways to bring things to us, and that's the promise of God. Now, I may not be the, the shiniest or the sharpest tool in the shed. 
I'm not sure I, I know everything I should know, and I do my best to do my ministry. I'm sure over the years I made my share of mistakes and didn't want to. But I know this. I don't say it arrogant. I say it with confidence. I know the voice of God. I totally know the voice of God. And when God said this to me, I began to say it over all the churches. It's the year of the local church. And if you put God's house first and you find yourself here constantly, you will be one of those families that have this special anointing for your marriage, for your kids, for your body, for your mind, for your money, for your business or your career or your job. We need this special anointing because the attack against us is not normal. We live in a day where the attack, the battlefield is not a normal battlefield. It's been enhanced. It's intensified. And the demonic activity is the most extreme it's been probably in our lifetime. And yet, where sin abounds, grace does much more abound. But is that carte blanche? Is that just for everybody? No. No. That's why some Christians, though they love Jesus, they live in one thing after the other thing, one swamp after another ditch, one disaster after another crisis. Could it be, could it be that we could fix some of that if you, if you were to listen to God and put his house first? The Bible says clearly about the days that you and I live in that the mountain of the Lord's house will be exalted above all the other mountains. The mountains of life is economics, the financial networks, it's education, it's law enforcement, it's military enforcement. Still with me? The mountain of life, all the different mountains of, of, of the earth, of life. But God said, the mountain of the Lord's house will be exalted by God above all the great mountains of life. Government, schooling, jobs. So if we just listen to the one prophet and put God's house first, watch what God does in our life. Get ready. For those of you who are hearing me, Get ready for money transfer. Some of you, <clears throat> some of you have already prospered this year, maybe even coming out of last year, more than you ever have in your life. And if you're not, get on that list. Amen. Say, Lord, I'm a candidate. I'm a good Christian. I live in your house. I'm helping Pastor Bang build the house of God, pay off the mortgage, go on to the next thing. And you, and instead of saying, oh, that's not me. Oh, I wished it was me. Oh, shut up. Amen. That's an order from headquarters. Keep your mouth shut. Because life and death are in the power of the tongue. And you can have the fruit of your lips. So you declare, I'm, I'm going to be in God's house every time the doors open. I'm going to get involved in God's house. 
God's going to bless me with that special anointing. Things are going to be better in my family and in my body, in my mind, in my money, my kids more than ever before because I'm putting his house first. Money's coming to me. I'm going to help pastor do whatever God declares we're to do. My money's good, Pastor Bang. Count on it. It's good, it's good, it's good. I'm going to bring it. I'm going to sow it. I'm going to sacrifice. And God's just going to keep bringing it to me. Praise God. I said, praise God. And this church is a beacon of light to this whole region. Now, don't you come here and get into some sin of familiarity and and start nitpicking or something because we didn't sing your favorite song or, you know, I don't know. Everybody's got something. If church is about you, we're in trouble. If church is about me, we're in trouble. Why? Oh, because, you know, it's like I did this survey once. Mike, don't ever do this. It was the dumbest thing I ever did. I did this survey. It's, I can't remember. It's like it had like 18 questions just to kind of see where the church. So I handed it out. And I said, fill all this out and just turn it in. And we're going to categorize it, you know, look at it. And, and uh, we'll come back with a report. Well, you know, there, you know, one of the questions was, do you, con- our church is living word. Do you consider living word church, your home church? Next question. Do you consider pastor Barkley, your pastor? <laughs> I was shocked at how many people considered living word church, their church, but I'm not their pastor. <laughs> I was just as shocked at how many people said I was their pastor, but they don't claim living word as their church. It's like, who pastors this outfit? And it got down to number, verse 18, not verse, number 18. And I put in number 18, because we just wanted to help. Put in here anything that is hindering your walk with God. What's hindering you from just growing in God? Oh, dumbest thing I ever did. You know what it was? So many people said, it's too hot in here. The same amount of people on the other side said, it's too cold in here. I got to wear a sweater. (laughs) The music's not loud enough. I can't get into worship. The next group is way too loud. We got to tune this music down now. Pastor, you preach good, but you're too short. We need more word. Next group, oh my God, you preach too long. <laughs> this is supposed to be what's hindering their growth. It got right down to it. Do we have to sing this song right here anymore? <laughs> oh, that's, that next Sunday, I, I read it all. We laughed. We cried. When we were done, I said, is there any volunteer that would like to pastor this mess? Yeah. And don't you know, wouldn't you know it? They voted me in again. No, go ahead, Brother Barkley. You go ahead. You can do it. You can do it. Go ahead. You can do it. Amen. Congratulations. 40 years. And all along the way, people, situations, demons, attacks, persecutions, sufferings, sicknesses, diseases, deaths in the church family total demonic level harassment against the first family. And on goes the story. And look at you. 
You're the strongest you've ever been. And I'll prophesy over you by the word of God. Your best day has not been spent yet. Your best day. Now, I know you had a lot of great days. I know there was a warfare because you can't build a great church like this without warfare. You can't. It's impossible. But you had great days as well through the years, but not like what you're going to see. Not This church has been labeled by God to be a beacon of light and troubled, fearful, bound, addicted, suicidal, and driven people are going to find this light and they're going to follow it to this house. And you're going to save a lot of people. And I prophesy that over you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And Mike and Vicki, we love you. You know that. But I want to tell you, Mike Bang, I will stand with you anywhere at any time to do anything that you do. I hope I've been that faithful friend. But you can count on me this day forward, and so can your church. I will always be here for you, and I will always be here with you, because out of all the preachers internationally that I know, I know a few that are genuine shepherds, and you're one of them. God has put the gift of pastor in both of them. Thank God for it. Praise God. Congratulations. Bless you. Thank you for listening to today's message. We'd love for you to join us for our Sunday morning services at 8.30 and 10.30. We also have a midweek service on Wednesday nights from 7 to 8. Thanks again for listening. Have a great day.